Larry was patient enough to stay with us. Uh, we're talking about uh, House Bill 1371 about corporate farming. Larry, I ran out of time, and I would have cut you off from the point you were trying to make. Thank, thanks for staying with us. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Joel. Um, just trying to figure out how to enforce the current rules. Like I say, um, I, I did do a uh, GSI search, and I, I'll retract that it was 800 acres. It was 404, 402 acres that is owned by an oil company that was purchased back in 2015 or so. Um, they continue to own it. It was purchased right out of the heart of a guy's pasture because of estate planning or whatever. Um, he tried to go and buy it. An oil company came in and paid over 200 bucks an acre, probably at the time what it was retail worth. Um, I've been calling and checking with people and they tell me as long as they're leasing it back for agricultural use it was legal for them to own it um that's something i've been disagreeing with and trying to find the right person to ask this question and trying to get it enforced and uh it's not me that's leasing that land um they leased it back to the landowner that or the renter that owned it before but it is in my township within a mile and a half away from me. I think it's just wrong that this, this oil company can own 404 acres of prime pasture land and not have nothing enforced on them. It, it, see, there's an ex- exact example of what we're getting at here by talking about this. Have you spoken to the Northwest Land Owners Association, Larry? Yes. Okay, so at least you got some people with some common threads there. It might be There might be poor space, whatever, but at least you know some folks that are frustrated like you. I've also spoke to the Farmers Union president and whatnot, and they just say as long as it's leased back to agricultural use, there's nothing they can do about it. And I'm just saying that's not right. They should not be able to come in and own it. And the only reason they bought it was because they wanted to put a saltwater disposal in that area. Well, you and me, well, I don't know. We know that saltwater is a pad and that you can put on for 15 acres. You don't need 200, 400 some acres to put a saltwater disposal underneath it. Yeah. So, and we all know um, what comes with that, too. So thank you, Larry. Thanks for telling yeah. the story. I'm going to bring a couple of people into this uh, now, Don and, and Sheila Rudd from uh, Telna. Uh, Telna's in uh, Nelson County. Been there, done that, did radio there. Beautiful, beautiful community. Uh, they raise organic turkeys, uh, and they market them through Northern Pride, uh, a turkey processor. Don, good to have you on News and Views. Thank you. Thanks to have you, Joe. And uh, you did really well. Uh, you know that she, she. I don't know that she married up, but she looked <laughs> good to have you here as well. Thank you. So, to tell people about your business. What you do? Well, I'm a third generation uh, turkey farmer. I also we also have cattle. I'm a third generation there. I have two children. I have cattle, so it's a fourth generation farm. My family's been in turkey since 1959. My grandparents started with brooder hands, and we've worked our way up. I'm in with my uncle. David, um, been with him five years now, working my way in to take over the turkey ranch, and hopefully one of my kids will take it over after me. Do they want to, do you think? Um, my daughter is actually a senior in high school this year, and she got accepted to Wapiton, and she's going into ranch management. Okay, so she's heading down to science, so yep. great school. Um, Sheila, when you look at this and all the work that you both have put into this and your whole family's put into this, what does this bill mean to you? Because as I read it, you're no longer a farmer. Right. <laughs> you know, right. That's what the bill reads. Yes, it's taking it away from us. There, It's just opening up way too much bad area, or lack of better terms, opening it up for people who aren't farmers to come in and disrupt everything that we have worked our entire lives doing. 
I think I think that's the real thing. To you mentioned third generation and then fourth generation, and th- this isn't something that just happens we spoke earlier to a a young couple from cogswell uh and uh, you know she and her husband wanted to get into production egg and 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 raisin beef is what they wanted to do and they found a you know a bachelor farmer who said i'd like to help a young couple start out i don't know how you can look at somebody raising beef like that and tell them they're not a farmer right right yeah it's it's all yeah, you're a farmer. You still, we don't have any grains, but I mean, you still, most of the farmers and ranchers, they have grains to feed their cattle and to subsidize your farm because you, you have to have other things going on to subsidize what you're doing. You can't always just make it on one thing either. Okay, so let me let me push back and play devil's advocate with you. Uh, what is wrong in the turkey industry that if this bill passes, it would fix? Anything? No. Not in our views. No. I mean, so there's nothing in here that would help you or your organization. It would just put a huge competitor right next to you. Absolutely. Okay. And, you know, and the big argument is is that you're not able to market your product now. So i got to ask you, are you able to market your product now? Oh, yes. They, yes. They go to Northern Pride. Yes. Okay. We have a sales team at Northern Pride, and Northern Pride is actually grower-owned. When it was bought out from Land O'Lakes in 1989, there was 26 growers that bought into Land O'Lakes. So it's like a co-op. It's all grower-owned, and, yeah, so we have a marketing team that gets rid of our birds. She said this twice, but I want you to say it one more time. Who owns it? Grower-owned. Exactly. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? There's a means, there's a method, there's a way, and yet it's people in North Dakota and not China where the money's going to go to. Right. I don't think it's that wrong to be a protectionist. No. I don't. I I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what they're trying to do and what they're trying to fix here, but... The wording of the bill, you guys, I mean, you've been down this fight before. You've seen people try to take different avenues and different angles and different spins, and they get caught. I mean, the people in North Dakota can smell BS when they, you know, this, this 1371, the way they're doing it, by trying to define you in a different way than what you are. Right. How insulting is that, Sheila? It's very insulting. I grew up on a farm myself, and my dad grew up on a farm. We've been third, fourth generations. We're farmers. I mean, there's only one definition of a farmer. A farmer's a farmer, and they're trying to take that away from us. And and that's just to be able to backdoor you here. Yes. To find something, you know, so when, when you talk to your legislators, what response are you getting? Because that's what you're here for today. Yeah. Oh, we... We've found we have re- re- legislators we talked to that are against it. You know, they don't, I mean, the couple we've talked to, I guess. But. And, yeah, there's some, you know, that are fighting the fight with us. Right. And, and, you know, farm as well. You know, they know that we need their help and that it's the only way to keep a farm a farm is to fight against this. Yeah, one of the harder jobs, and I I truly believe this, is you keep those small-town post offices alive. You know where the post office is, fair? Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) You're the postmaster. I am. And and so you get a chance to talk to a lot of different people. I do. What's their take on all this? Uh, Small town. You know, we're a small farming community. We're... I mean, when you pull up in front of church and you you go in and you see people you've known all their life, you, you know right. who their kids are, you know who their grandkids are. I mean, these are your neighbors. These Absolutely. are the people that make Tulna click. Don, what's their take on it? I'm, they're not happy with it either. I mean, it 
It's a family farm. That's what this country is growing up on is a family farm, not a corporation. It, it isn't as though you don't have the tools now, though. And that, to me, is what's most frustrating, is they act as though, you know, you folks, uh, you know, the Reds and, and the high camps and whoever, I don't farm, and I don't try to pretend I farm, but they act as though we don't understand it. Right. And th- that's what's insulting to me. My grandparents both farmed. And if somebody told my grandpa, who ran a small little dairy and who raised cucumbers and potatoes, that he wasn't a farmer, I wouldn't want to be in his way. I I wouldn't want to be between him and whoever said that to him because he's a farmer. He was a farmer. Exactly. And it doesn't matter that he was itty-bitty and ours are a little bigger now. They farm. They grew their stuff. They were very proud of their product, and so are we. They, They talk a lot about how, you know, you folks aren't making it now. You know, first off, that's none of my business because if you weren't making it, I would assume you'd do the best for your family and you'd move on. But can you make money in turkeys? Yes. There. I mean, there's a profit margin there. I have neighbors that are turkey farmers, and they wouldn't be doing it. Pretty bright businessman. He wouldn't be doing it unless he could make a buck doing it. Right. Yeah. The first year, actually, I got in with my uncle. We didn't make any money. We broke even. So I I got nothing off the turkey side. I had my cattle side and my off the farm work. That was it. It's just the way it goes in every type of farming. Any business has its ups and downs years. I mean, that's that's the way it goes. I joke with my brother, you know, it's a good thing he likes to gamble because as a full-time farmer, that's kind of the story of your life. It's a gamble. Each yeah. year is different. Yeah. And that's no different in cattle and turkey farming either. It, you know, it's each year is different. I asked Don before we started whether or not he knew a man named Wally Wittenberg from Weimar, and you did. Yep. Uh, but uh, Wally, it, it, for Weimar for years, you want to talk about promoting turkeys and, and promoting, uh, you know, eating turkey. Every time you went over to an event in Weimar, it was turkey. I mean, mm-hmm. Wally was cooking. He was making sure turkey was part of it. And and his son, Carl, over in, in Minnesota now, one of the biggest, you know, nationally, uh, you know, he was on the on the lawn when Donald Trump was president, bringing the turkey that got saved, basically, in, in supporting the turkey industry. So the turkey industry itself, the reason I tell that story is, Don, you know how to promote yourself. You know yeah. how to tell the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the industry's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else we can add, Don? Oh, not, nothing anymore. Just we opposed the bill, I guess, and that's about it. We don't want corporate farming. Sheila, last word comes from you. We, we are against corporate farming. We like our farms the way they are we like to run them ourselves would you mind if people called their legislators and told them that no please <laughs> please call them okay. and tell them no on just, corporate farming i just wanted to hear you say it thanks you guys thanks yep. for coming thank on. you joe